So this idea of who are your neighbors came home in a big way to our next guest last week when he discovered that he lives 200 meters from the building where accused marathon bomber Jokart Tsarnaev and his now late brother Tamerlan lived in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Hassan Malik is a Ph.D. candidate in international history at Harvard University, a fellow in the Program on Global Society and Security. Hassan, it's nice to see you down here in New York. Welcome. Nice to see you. Thanks for having me. So just describe to me what, I mean, 200 meters, it sounds small, but actually, if you think about it, it, it is far. You know, you might not know your neighbors in a 500 meter radius, but still, um, what did you think? Well, it was it was a real shock. I, I woke up uh, around seven in the morning and, and saw a, a police barricade right outside my window. Uh, and that was slowly beefed up over the next couple of hours with FBI and SWAT teams and whatnot. Uh, and it's a street that I walk by every single day to get to the bus stop, to walk to my office, to walk to businesses in the area where I eat, uh, shop. Uh, it was it was quite a shock. Did you ever think about that building before last Friday? Not really. Uh, I mean, it's a very interesting street because it's kind of a microcosm of America. It's it's uh, maybe three four hundred meters long, and you have a mix of uh, all sorts of buildings, high end residential as well as some more. Uh, dilapidated buildings and people on that street kind of representing a pretty broad cross-section, everything from people with very little formal education to Harvard professors, very diverse racially and otherwise. Um, And it's just one of those things where you're just walking down every day and and you don't really conceive of of terrorists living on there. Our uh, partner is up at the WGBH in Boston, spoke with members of uh, one of the mosques there that the Sarnayev brothers apparently frequented on some level. And they took pains to point out we didn't really know them. They didn't really say anything, just an acquaintance kind of thing. Is there a wariness among Muslims about uh, the story as it begins to unfold? Well, yes. I I think there is – there's obviously a history in, in this country of, of uh, going back to 9-11 and even before. Uh, and there is, there is a, a, a wariness, uh, a bit of concern. Uh, I was uh, concerned about my personal security when, when I was going through this. Uh, but I have to say that you know, walking around Boston, walking around Cambridge, uh, I haven't uh, thankfully experienced any, anything negative in that sense. And I think that uh, maybe it's a reflection of, of how America has bounced back in many ways that um, the, the public officials are very good at, at, I think, pointing out that we can't jump to conclusions about painting with a broad brush entire groups of people. And people in the neighborhood, again, it's a very diverse neighborhood, um, haven't felt anything negative personally. Uh, Did you meet somebody new on Friday standing out at that police barricade? No, so I didn't. I didn't actually leave my apartment. Uh, really? So and, you were yes. locked down. Well, I think there was that, that was. We weren't ordered by the police in our building to remain indoors. The buildings across the street had been evacuated. In our building, I think people just by choice decided to stay in because we just didn't know what was happening. Did you do an inventory in your mind of? I know the people in that building. I know the people in that apartment. I know. I don't know the people in that apartment. Uh, as you had a lot of free time to think about your neighborhood last Friday. Yeah, well, I thought back to it because I actually speak Russian. I lived in Moscow for three years. Okay. And uh, so I would have uh, very quickly picked up on on Russian being spoken around there. And, and that's what shocked me. I mean, I, I probably read, rode the bus on some at some point with these guys. I mean, it's it's almost inconceivable statistically that I wouldn't have been in close proximity to them. But I ne- it never <laughs> occurred to me. You know, I don't want to enhance anybody's one's nascent sense of paranoia. But, you know, 
I remember when the Newtown thing happened. You know, I got right. five kids, and you know, you think about like who could come into a building and start blowing people away, and you know, in fact, you know almost nothing about the people you work with, the neighbors, the what's going on in their household, what might motivate people to to pop off on some level. Um, if you really spend any time thinking about what you don't know about your neighbors, you can make yourself kind of nuts. Right. Um, you know, it's really important and reassuring when you know who's in your neighborhood, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, on the other hand, it's it's totally – now, there's been this talk about these guys were jihadists and stuff and that investigation is still to play out. But what struck me about the events in Boston is that the tools that they used to create such havoc were so rudimentary um, that even stripping out any any sort of Islamist radicalization, um, it's totally possible that anyone else could have gotten access to these tools and been imbalanced and, and created something like that. That's what scares me. And in that sense, because the technology is available, that there's no real telltale sign um, you know, people don't start wearing bomber clothes. Right. But if you do know them, if you right. do know something about people around you, right. there may be warning signs that wouldn't otherwise be there. And so the anonymity of these folks was really their best defense in maintaining a cover if they were planning something like this for a long time. Certainly. And and that particularly pertains to the younger one, it seems. I mean, on the local news in Boston, there was a lot of interviews with people, with kids at the school, uh, a school that I used to walk by all the time, who portrayed him as a regular guy. And uh, certainly none of the telltale signs of religious extremism. Um, so it's it is a bit of a scary thing. And, you know, there are limits. I mean, there there's ultimately, you know, this sense that you can't know right. everything. And, you know, <laughs> that's what freedom and individuality is all about. Absolutely. We live yeah. in an open society. Hassan Malik, thanks so much. Thanks uh, for having me. And uh, Ph.D. candidate in international history at Harvard University, a fellow in the program on global society and security, but found out last week he lives just houses away from the Sarnayev brothers in Cambridge. Neighbors, he never knew. Hassan, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Is it important for you to know your neighbors? This is Brandy. I'm calling from Portland, Oregon. Uh, Ten months ago... We had a house fire while my husband and I and our family were away from the home over the weekend. If it hadn't been for our awesome neighbors who happened to be walking up the street, smelled something, and uh, heard the alarm, our house wouldn't have been saved. We're extremely thankful that we have wonderful neighbors and that we have all made the effort to know each other's names and phone numbers in case of an emergency. Now, that is a great story. We'd love to hear yours at 877-8MY-TAKE. Is it nosiness? To have people on your street looking out for you, thinking about you, watching what's going on, smelling the smoke that might be coming out of your own building. We heard this story from Grand Prairie, Texas. I met my neighbors as I handed out extra seedlings and vegetables from my garden, walked my dog, just sat in the front yard as they strolled by or stopped over when we were throwing a football around. I greet and smile everyone I pass by, but it's the exposure that starts it. The moral, get outside. It's hard to meet people in your house. And some of those you meet may even accept your superfluous zucchini. I certainly would. Share your stories at 877-8MY-TAKE. Much more at thetakeaway.org. Be a good neighbor, won't you?
lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here? And maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>